What's going on, everyone? This is Stephen Farmer, and welcome to another week of the Reality Check Podcast. Today's episode is dealing with how do you stay passionate in your walk with God? And so I'm going to be kind of breaking down um, the reason we serve Jesus, right? Obviously, we want to to, to glorify God and, and, and live a life for Jesus. And, and obviously, without Christ, we can't reach eternity. We can't make heaven. But I'm not really dealing with, with that aspect. I'm more so talking about why it is we do what we do, why it is that we continue to walk out our faith, not just for an eternity purpose, but why it is that we do it. What gives us that drive, that motivation to live a life that glorifies God? What what drives you, you know? And so it's, it's easy to just, you know, know that, you know, well, I need Jesus in order to go to heaven. Well, well, yeah, but... But I don't want to just serve God because he's going to give me eternity. Like, obviously, that's that is a huge plus, you know, but I serve Jesus because he gives me purpose. He gives me life. He gives me vision. You know, he gives me passion. But how? How does he do that? And what gets me to keep going, especially when life throws curveballs, when life gets hard, when you think that God is silent, when you feel like he's not listening, when you feel like your prayers aren't being answered, when you feel like everyone else around you is being blessed, when you think that you can't get out of the rut that you're in, when life seems to be on a pause or, or, you know, I, I wanted to title this episode, Please Hold, because I feel like life itself right now is on hold. I mean, we went through 2020, you had the pandemic go on uh, with COVID-19 and, and life was literally, everyone was on hold. Um, but then just when it feels like you're kind of getting back into the groove of things and the mask mandates kind of drop or in certain areas, I don't know about in the state that you might be in, but in Louisiana, you know, they took the mask mandate away, then they brought it back and they take it away and then they, now it's back again. And, um, you know, it's just, it seems like right when things start to kind of happen, it's like, oh, no, 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 we're going to take three steps back, you know? And so how do you cons- consistently live a life for Jesus and, and serve him and, and be passionate about it and tell people about it? Talk about the dreams God has for you, for people's lives. Talk about the plan and the purpose he has for people. You bring up Jeremiah 29 11, where it says that, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Yet when you look at that and you think, D- does he? <laughs> you know, like right now, I mean, 2020 is was awful. I hated that year. Like I, There was aspects of 2020 that I loved, but there was aspects of many of them that I didn't love. You know, how do I stay passionate? How do I continue to live for Jesus and promote him to others? And how do I get others to see that God is a good God, that he does want to bless you, that he does want to help you, that he does want to get you from point A to point B, and that his plan is the most perfect plan. There is no other plan that we should follow. We should follow his plan. The answer, in short, is that we as Christians are called. Ephesians 4.1 breaks it down, and, and Paul kind of helps speak it the best. He, he tells us, For I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you or urge you to live a life worthy of your calling. I love that. I'm, I'm going I'm to read it again. It says this, Ephesians 4.1, this is the NLT version. It says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. 
That right there, you guys and girls, is is why we serve Jesus. We're called. Now, I'm not saying everyone's called because if you're a Christian, you're called. You have to step into the calling. Just the average Joe walking around that doesn't believe in Christ, they haven't been called yet. And I like the keyword yet because once they step into that calling, once they step into believing in Jesus, they accept him into their heart. They realize what a good God he is, right? They confess with their mouth, believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, and they accept him into their heart. Now all of a sudden, they step into a calling that God has on their life. But what's so crazy and what's so sad is, is that there's so many people literally walking the streets today and they're purposeless. They don't know why they're here. They have questions on what on earth am I here for? They, they sit there and they wonder why they have the gifts and abilities that they have. And a lot of them don't even know how to utilize those gifts and abilities. They don't know where they fit into this big puzzle. They don't know what piece they are and, and where they fit. And they're desperately searching and, and they, they get behind movements. They, they get behind social media platforms and, and you know celebrities and they follow all these things and they're, they tie themselves to these thinking that this is what's going to bring purpose. And really, when it all comes down to it, none of that brings purpose. The only person that brings purpose is Jesus Christ. And once they realize who he is and they accept him into their heart is when they step into the calling that God has on their life. That's when your potential, that's when your abilities, that's when your talents come to fruition. That's when you realize, wow, I matter. I have a purpose. I have a calling on my life to do something that's going to better the world and cause people to fall more in love with Christ. Ephesians 4 1. I love this. As you can see, uh, I was, I, I clicked record and I said, you know what? I'm going to record. I just want to go with this. But this is something that I am passionate about because. I want to do something in the world that matters. I want to make an impact. I want people to feel like they matter. I want to encourage people. That's that's a strong suit of mine. You know, and so we are called as Christians to live a holy life. We're called to live a life worthy of our calling. For you have been called by God. Ephesians 4.1. We are called to be sanctified, which means to be set apart. We don't do things like the world does. We do things differently. Right. But when you go through things like Hurricane Ida and and Hurricane, you know, Hurricane, I was going to say Hurricane Katrina. That was years ago. You go through Hurricane Katrina, you go through Hurricane Ida, you go through COVID-19 and and all these different things. It can feel like right now life is on hold. Like, what's God's plan? Why? Why is he making me go through this? Right? You could be praying for a job. You could be praying, like I talked about, I almost said last week, uh, like I talked about last episode in the waiting room. I don't know what you're waiting for. You know, I'm t- I'm I'm going to be 27 this month. I, my life is is uh, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't I, you know I don't have a, a job. It's a nine to five. Uh, you know, and working for some big business with this big boss. It's demanding these you know whatever. I I don't, I don't have that. You know, my life is a little bit different. I'm not married. I, I don't have the kids. I'm I work a, in a ministry. My life is centered around speaking and talking about Jesus. I have a Christian family. Um, my parents are are in ministry. My dad's a pastor. Um, and so my life is a little bit different, right? But 
just because mine's different than yours doesn't mean that I don't experience my own waiting rooms. I'm waiting on who God has for me to marry. I'm waiting to have kids. I can't wait for those two things. Those are like two of the biggest things in my life. I cannot wait to meet my wife and I cannot wait to meet my first child and the rest. I, I have dreams. I have names picked up. I'm, I'm that kind of person. You know, I, I plan things out and I, 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 can, I, I can't clearly see the future ahead, but I dream about the future all the time, sometimes too much. But the thing is this, is that when life give, gives you a curveball and you get hit with COVID, you get hit with this Hurricane Ida stuff and you're without power. And, you know, at one point it was last year that it was the whole world on pause. But then it seems like the month of, of September was nothing but just a pause on Louisiana. I mean, I was on social media when it finally was able to start working. I'm getting on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all this, and I'm seeing everybody in all around the world and even in the United States, you know, baseball games are being played, football still going on, and, and you know, people are living their lives, going to work, and meanwhile, Louisiana is underwater, you know, and we don't have power, and I'm sitting there going, okay, <laughs> What is going on? You know, like we just went through COVID. We've been through the whole, you know, uh, quarantine, can't do anything. We finally kind of get back. I had just met with the superintendent for Tangipahoa Parish and was trying to get back into the schools to do Face It full time. And if you don't know what Face It is, um, I, I talk about it in the trailer. But, uh, you know, Face It is, is literally a, a ministry that meets in the schools. Um, we bring pizza. We preach the gospel. Um, and we're a, a Christian character club. Um, we're student-initiated. We're a voluntary club. That's how we're able to be legally on there. So um, students have a choice to come. They don't have to be there. Um, but we haven't been able to do that in over a year and a half. This is my job. <laughs> Everybody else has got to go back to their jobs. I've had to completely revamp my whole life wrapped around COVID and quarantine and do ministry a completely different way. It's been a lot of online stuff. It's a lot of media stuff. It's live wire videos. We're making these videos that are two and a half minute, three minute videos that speak to young people. And I'm having to do a lot of editing, a lot of computer work. I'm making a podcast now that I'm able to witness to people and, and, and use the gifts that God's given me in a different way, a way that I never thought I would be doing. I've always wanted to do a podcast, but I never thought I would ever do one. But, you know, I've also wanted to write a book. I believe one day God's going to allow me to do that. I think there's a book inside of me waiting to be written. I just don't know how to do it and don't know when I want to do it, but I know that it's going to come to fruition one day. You see, life's just kind of weird right now, you know, and when you're placed on hold, it's easy to start questioning God, questioning what it is that he's doing. What's his plan? What's he, what's he up to? Does he hear me? Is he, is he, does he care? You know, and so you have to remind yourself as a Christian that just because things aren't going the way you want doesn't mean that God's not working in the background. And most importantly, you have to remind yourself that you were called. This is why we do what we do. This is why I make a podcast. This is why I'm doing LiveWire. This is why I'm telling people about Jesus. Why? Because I'm called to do it. God called me at 19 years old. He said, don't go to UNO. Don't, don't, don't pursue the film dream that you had. No, I want you to witness to young people. I want you to tell teenagers about me so they can make a, a life for themselves. They can do something that matters. There's so many people out there that don't have parents like you do, Stephen. They don't have the livelihood that you do. They, did, they weren't privileged enough to grow up in a home that is, is not broken. 
they're not privileged enough to to uh, to be able to go and, and have a, a car to be able to get to work and and have the computer to be able to do their schooling and and they don't have church to go to church is face it for them and I want you to be able to go witness to them and encourage them to live a life that glorifies God so that they can do something that matters and most importantly they can reach heaven that is why I do what I do. I'm called to do it. But the same applies to you. You don't have to be in ministry to be called. You know, God calls you to do the work of him wherever you're at. It doesn't mean you have to be a pastor to be called. You are called to witness to people even in the workplace at your nine to five in the gym. I'm not sitting there saying why you're, you know, benching. Hey, bro, let me tell you about the Lord Jesus. You know, like I'm not saying, but at the same time, Kind of, yeah, you know, you're sitting there, you're working out, you hit it off with these guys or girls and, and you're you're working out with them and you're cutting up and it's always funny. God always finds a way to bring him into the picture. <laughs> God loves the attention in a good way. You know what I'm saying? He loves to bring himself in. So they'll bring up something. They'll bring up a traumatic event. They'll bring up something that they're going through right now or some stress that they're dealing with or a, a girlfriend or boyfriend and, and they're, you know, what they're dealing with and they, they ask you for uh, advice. And that is when you get the opportunity to bring the word in when you give them a biblical standpoint or you say, well, you know, my pastor said this or, you know, and our, my youth pastor or my college pastor or, you know, whatever, you know, he says it this and that's when they go, wait, you go to church and then you have that dialogue now of, of, of ministry. And it was in your head, you're thinking, how did I get on this? How am I talking about my testimony right now about how God saved me at the age of whatever? And, and you're telling them your story. And all of a sudden you're in the gym witnessing. You just don't know how God's going to work, but he always works for his good and he's going to do something for your good and he's going to help you to be able to utilize the gifts and abilities to win people to Christ. So just because things aren't going your way, just because life can seem like it's on hold right now, doesn't mean that God isn't working behind the scenes. Just because God might not have answered your prayer just yet, don't take that as a no always. Sometimes it is a no. But just because you haven't received an answer yet doesn't mean that God's saying no to you right now. Wait patiently on him. Allow him to do the work that he has for you. Allow for you to sit there and wait and and, and allow him to work in you, teach you lessons that you need to learn so that you can step more and more into the calling that he has for your life to witness to people each and every day. So. Real quick, what I want to kind of cover before I close out, there's three areas that we are called to. One of those is that we're called to salvation. We're called to be born again. You know, salvation is the biggest deal in a calling. You're not called until you are saved, right? So the moment that you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you accept him into your heart, now you've stepped into that calling, right? He comes for the sick. He's going to come for those who don't know him, right? And he wants you to go and tell them. That's why he told the disciples, go into all the world, right? And preach the gospel to every creature. He wants us to tell people about him. So step into that. Once you're saved, now it's your job to tell other people and get them saved. Allow them to see who Jesus is and what he's capable of doing in their life, right? God spoke that to Nicodemus. He talked about being born again. John 3, 16, the classic verse, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. 
Jesus came and died on the cross for you and me, for our sins. Why? So that we could be forgiven of our sins, right? But ultimately so that we could accept him into our hearts. Because not only did he die on the cross, but he rose from the dead three days later. That's a key point. He rose from the dead. He conquered death. And he's in heaven now. And he did this so that we could have a relationship with him again. It's time to step into that salvation that God has for us, right? Number two, we are called to sanctification. We're called to be set apart, meaning that we live life differently. We're not going out getting wasted drunk. We're not sleeping around. We're not moving in with our boyfriends and girlfriends and, and, and choosing life that way. Right. I always uh, the way that I look at it is, is that you don't build your life off a of compromise, because if you build on compromise, you will literally fall due to compromise. If you build your relationship that you have with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, if you build that based off of compromise, oh, well, we can't afford this. We can't do this. Let's just move in together, whatever. And I'm not hating on you. That's if That's where you're at. But what I'm saying, biblically, it's it's not safe. It's not healthy. It's not good for the relationship. That's when things go wrong. That's when things go sour. Right? That's meant to be a married thing. And when you build off a compromise, you will literally lose your relationship due to compromise. Well, it's easier just to separate. It's easier to give up. It's easier just to not get married. It's easier that once you do get married and things do get tough to just divorce and quit, right? Because you've built that foundation based off of compromise. It's time to be set apart. It's time to be sanctified. We as Christians are called to live a life differently than the world. The world says, shack up. The world says, make it easy and just you know, compromise and do what everybody else does when God says, no, 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 it's time to be set apart. It's time to be different. Stop going out and getting wasted drunk and and, and living like the world does. Turn away from those things. Watch the way you talk, right? James 3 talks about our tongue. You know, I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, you you can't say bad words. When You can sit there and think, oh, you're just saying I can't say bad words. No, the thing is, is that God calls us to train our tongues. He wants us to tame our tongues. He wants us to change the way we speak. He wants us to build people up, not tear people down. I'm not only talking about profanity. I'm talking about gossip. I'm talking about the way we talk about people, right? Instead of tearing people down, and criticizing them and, and, and pointing out all their flaws. Instead, we are called to build one another up as Christians, right? We are called to be sanctified. We're called to be different. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because that was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. God saved us and what? He called us to live a what? Holy life. We are called to live holy. The last thing that we are called to do that I want to talk about is that we're called to service. We're called to serve others. We are called to utilize the gifts and abilities that God has given us to glorify Christ, right? doesn't mean we have to be a pastor, but if you're good with the computer making graphics and doing that, get involved. I'm telling you, so many churches need people to do graphics for them, to make that that Instagram post, to run that social media account, to, to make that, uh, that, that welcome, 
you know, invite card, whatever. People need that. Maybe you're not good at any of that stuff. You're like, technological things are not my thing, but I love kids. Well, hey, join the the the, the nursery team. You might think, oh, I don't want to do that. Well, it's not every week. Join and serve in the nursery. They need that in the church, right? Maybe you're gifted in, in, in uh, music. Maybe you're gifted in singing, but you're just kind of nervous about it. Don't sit on your talent, Develop that talent and utilize it to glorify the Lord. Join a worship team. Learn from them. Don't You don't have to immediately start singing. Sit behind somebody that's already doing it. Learn from them. Get that confidence and then take a leap of faith and utilize the gifts that God has given you to be able to worship Him. We are called to serve. The thing is this, is that there was a parable of the talents. You had the master, right? And he had three three men with him. And uh, he went on a long journey. It's found in Matthew chapter 25, and I'm closing. But he leaves on this long journey, and he leaves them with some bags of gold or some talents. The way it's written is different. But he leaves one guy with five bags of gold. The next guy he leaves with two. And then the last guy he left with one. He leaves on this long journey. And while he's away, the guy with five bags goes and invests the, the talent. He invests the bags of gold, and he gains five more. So now he has ten bags of gold. The second guy does the exact same thing. He goes and invests the two bags of gold that he was given, and he gains two more. So now he has four bags of gold. Well, the last guy was afraid. He thought, well, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to make a mistake um, and ruin. I know this guy's kind of a, a harder guy to please sometimes, and it might be tough to, you know, to live up to his expectations or whatever. I'm just going to bury the gold. And so that way, when he gets back, I wouldn't have lost it. I'll be able to give him back what he already had. And so sure enough, the, the master comes back and he asks what they've done with the gold. And the first guy says, you gave me five. I got you five more. So here's 10 bags of gold. The master's super excited for him. The second guy says, listen, you gave me two bags of gold, uh, but I got you two more. So now you have four bags of gold. The master's like, well done, my good and faithful servant. You know, and he's so pleased, right? But the third guy comes up and he says, what did you do for me? And he says, well, I was nervous and I buried the bag of gold, the talent that you gave me. Um, But here it is. And he brought him back one. And that master said, you fool, right? And was upset with him. Why didn't you just invest it or put it in, in a bank and let me at least gain a little interest on it? Why did why did you bury the gold? I literally left and I've come back with the same. I didn't gain anything. Yeah, sure, I didn't lose anything, but I didn't gain anything either. I could have taken the bag of gold with me and did something with it. I left it in your hands to do something with it. And the way that we look at that story is is it's the same way with God. God gives us gifts and abilities, and if we're not doing anything with it, it's not like it's, you know, we we you know, okay, we didn't lose it. I have a gift to sing, but I never used it. I have a gift to do media, but I never used it. I have a gift to speak, but I never, ever got up and spoke. I never shared the word of God. To God, that's, it's you fool. I gave you these gifts. I gave you these abilities. Utilize them, right? That that man, that the, the, the man that buried the gold was cast into utter darkness. He was cast into hell, basically. And the way that God was strongly trying to make the point is, is that Don't sit on your talents. Don't sit on what God has given you. Utilize the gifts and abilities that God has given you to be able to win people to the Lord. You've been blessed with a gift. Don't sit on it. Be like the first two. Take that gift and invest it so that you can do more with it. You can double it. You can do even more. We are called to salvation. We're called to sanctification and we're called to serve and use the gifts that God has given us. How do we stay passionate for Christ? How do we continue to live a life that glorifies God and stay invested in Him even when life's not going the way we want? The answer is in 
the scripture Ephesians 4 1. You are called. I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. In order to stay passionate, I want you to remember today that you are called. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you've had a wonderful, wonderful week. So sorry that it's been a month uh, since I've made an a, a episode. I'm super excited to be back on track. I'm looking forward to be getting into the schools in the next couple weeks doing Face It. Y'all be praying for um, us and, and what we're doing. I hope you're doing well, and I'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.